Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. First cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round four recap for this week's Sony Open. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. Aloha, boys. Uh, fun, fun <laughs> week of golf. I, I know, Rick, that was a tough pill for you to swallow there. Yeah, this is going to be a two-minute show. We're ending it very quickly. <laughs> so I'm I, I I'll... feeling for you. How tough was the like? How tough of a pill? Pretty tough. Yeah. Ninety. I mean, ninety-five to one on Hayden Buckley to like. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It's a big boy. <laughs> oh boy, that's that's rough. That's Kyle Porter freaking, KP. Hello, freaking Siwoo's chipping in on Siwoo's had. We're going to talk about this. He's had a crazy career. I mean, he he's done. Said a little bit of everything in his career, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun fun ending to a pretty. Uh, what an amazing event, but it was it was good. Got some some interesting characters in the mix. Yeah, Buckley makes birdie at 16. I'm relishing in it for exactly nine seconds before Siwoo Kim <laughs> chips in for birdie on 17. Mark Immelman rounds out our crew for this evening. Hello, Mark. How's it, guys? A uh, couple of things. Sweet hat, Rick. I like that Travis Matthew. And uh, look, the golf was great. I love wildlife, but man, did you watch the Jaguars game last night? I gave up at half. And then I wake up in the morning and my friends from down in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, are like, how about that miracle? Huh? I did the same thing, Mark. I gave up early and I saw today. It was like, whoa. What yeah, happened? Some, someone was uh, someone was janking. I, I got a text message from one of the producers down there because I was like, "Oh my lord, Jags! What Jags? What next? Uh, you guys need a miracle!" And I get the text in the morning. Well, the miracle happened, and then I hit double took and went and looked. What are the chances that sports are scripted? Oh, yeah, we go. <laughs> wow. What a, I didn't I did not see this coming. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be way more profitable for the NFL or? I don't know if the PGA tour, but if the NFL, if it was scripted, wouldn't that be better? Better than, than what, what do you, I I don't understand the premise here. uh, I guess I'm just saying if you could control the storylines and the outcomes, you could develop anyone as a superstar. You could market yourselves differently. You can make sure the big markets are getting, uh, all, you know, the love that they need. You could have the underdogs. You could do anything you want. Big markets like Jacksonville. Well, that's a, that's a <laughs> comeback. That's a great comeback. It's not like they're going to win the whole thing. But here's, here's my thing with conspiracy <laughs> theories like that. Yeah, exactly. My thing with conspiracy <laughs> theories like that, the amount of people that and I know you're like joking, but people Obviously. do believe in conspiracy theories like that. Not like this, but other ones. The amount of people that like the more people that get it, that you have to sort of include in the conspiracy theory, the less likely it is for it to happen. So people that have like these political conspiracy theories that involve like a million people, you're like, yo, Keeping that, a secret. <laughs> that, that doesn't work. Like you're lucky if you can get three people to keep a secret. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I could do like an hour on conspiracy theories, but, uh, it would be interesting. Rick, I'll start believing you if Rory wins in Augusta in just okay. a few months' time. There we go. That's that's when we'll know for sure. This is me just putting off the fact that Siwoo Kim has won the Sony Open. It was a Sunday 64, Greg, that matched his Saturday 64, and he was hot out of the gate. 
birdies on one, two, and three. He discussed in his post-round interview, he said, hey, we just saw it last week. These leads can go away very, very quickly. I was a couple back before this round started. I was thinking about last week. I know it's possible. I gave myself a chance right away. Yeah, and that's a different kind of mindset than what John Rahm had last week, where John Rahm's not thinking about winning until, uh, you know, 15. He's got three holes to play with winning on his mind. Uh, and and Siwoo's thinking about it from the very start. But then he does what winners do, starts really well and finishes really well. Um, so I, I thought it was a really impressive week from Siwoo. Uh, you could see it yesterday. He played just some beautiful golf, and it continued today, which was really cool to see. But he he was swinging in tempo. Um, he looked confident. He was aggressive, which he always is. But but when you're feeling it and it's aggressive, it pays off, and that's what happened for him this week. So uh, it was really um really cool to see him kind of do what we thought maybe he could do yesterday. And he ends up leading the field in strokes gained approach. It's 60 grains of regulation, which is uh, that's some some high quality stuff right there. It was an opening or he goes out, Mark, in 32. That's three under the highlight of this round. I've already alluded to it. The chip in from behind the green on 17. Producer Troy, if you want to share my screen, I've got the tour cast up here. Uh this happened literally. I'm not even exaggerating. It was like 10 seconds after Hayden Buckley just made a birdie putt on 16 to claim the outright lead. Siwoo chips this one in to re no to tie him at. Yeah, well, look, that's always sort of been the thing with Siwoo is he's been a bit of a scrambling Jesse. And when he won the Players' Championship a few years ago, remember, I think he took like 24 putts in the final round and he hit the thing all over Ponte Vedra and, and still shot like 67 or whatever it is to win. So that was the hallmark of the game. And 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 he has this sort of penchant, I guess, to, 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 to make a big shot when it means something. Um, I saw it, a, well, we saw it a bunch at the President's Cup. Um, he was a lightning rock. A rod in the team room apparently and 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 apparently is up for the battle all of the time and then when the odds he's got that strange way about him when the odds are stacked against him that he's going to go ahead and and do something sort of out of the ordinary like he did there um look as far as shots go i don't think that one was very hard but you know cometh the moment cometh the man kind of thing but you, you know as i looked at it um there was just something he of all the many things he did well, and I have to give some instructor love to Chris Como now who's building up quite a stable of players, you know, with first off Tiger a ways back, but now Bryson and uh, now Siwoo Kim who's been with him for a little uh, six months or so, maybe half a year. And they've worked on lining the top of the backswing up and Siwoo's been a decent iron player, but man, did he hit some good tee balls today. And he put himself in position to play a little offense from the fairways and, and coming down the stretch there, get a nice one down 16 a great approach shot 17 was a good tee shot and then 18 you know that second shot he had from the fairway bunker there i mean that was top quality so he's, he's really coming into his own as a player and and now he's sort of ball striking it to match the short game skill he's always had that it's 18th tee kp there's a there's ghost a on our podcast <laughs> Who comes and goes. goes. Let's Let's try try Greg Greg yourself. yourself. Okay. Okay. Did that work? work? No. No. Let's Let's try try Mark yourself. yourself. Kyle. Oh, that worked. The ghost ghost might live in Mark's microphone. microphone. (laughs) No, it might live in... Is it gone? gone? No. No. Mark Mark on YouTube, so... All right, let's try this. There we go. All right, Mark, you're gonna have to ride the mute button for us, I think, until we until we figure this one out. So, uh, stands on the 18th tee box. Does Siwoo Kim KP tees up very high? I might add this <laughs> yeah. three wood hits it into this uh, fairway bunker. If you're watching on YouTube, I've got the tour cast up, and then there was kind of a lot of deliberation about what the play was going to be, and he ends up getting it up to kind of the front portion of uh, the 18th green two putts good enough for birdie and we'll get to Hayden Buckley in just one second but that this is the this is the birdie that seals the deal yeah it, it actually reminded me remember when um <clears throat> it, it was it was a different shot but remember when Hideki teed it up right next to that Sony 
box last year. Uh, he had driver. He mashed driver. Hit a Manny Ramirez like driver uh, on eighteen when when he ended up winning last year. But it was it was the exact same thing. Siwoo tees it up right next to this Sony box and then smokes three wood and played a. I mean, it was a. You know, he he was kind of in a good position in terms of like it was just kind of a straightforward four. I mean, he had a great shot out of the bunker, obviously, to get it on the green. But from there, it's not a, it's not an easy two putt, but it's not crazy, right? So he he just he played the he played the 18th. I thought very straightforward after the chip in. I mean, the chip in is what gave him the opportunity to win the tournament, and then he took advantage of it by making four on on 18 there. I thought it was going to go to a playoff. I really did, which maybe leads us into talking about Hayden Buckley, but. All right, I've done some fiddling. Just real quick about that three wood off the tee. Um, he, he carries a very low lofted driver when I last looked. He's got like a five degree driver. And the fairways were playing so fast that if he gets one coming out there low, he's playing from the rough. And it would almost be better, you know, to sort of leave it short in the elbow of the dog leg like he did. I think he felt like he, he could probably cover that bunker with a three medal. But I've got to tell you, with that shallow face and that ball teed up so high on the 18th tee there, uh, you could sky that one fast if you're not careful. And so that was pretty brave there from Siwoo. Fourth career PGA Tour victory, Greg. You want to try to name them? This is a game uh, we, we usually play on Sunday nights. Name the wins. The Wyndham. That's one. Over. I can give you runners up. Okay, wow. so so okay. Greg, Greg gave us the Greg gave us the Wyndham. Kyle gave us the runner up. Luke Donald. He beat him by five. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, then the players. Correct, Kyle. Uh, no surprise here. Louis Ustase, and he beat him by three. And there was a second. Yeah, there was somebody else who I can't remember. <laughs> also a live boy. Oh, Poulter? That's correct. Okay, okay. we're two for wow. two. Greg? And finally, uh, it was just two years ago, the American Express. That is correct, Kyle? Patrick Cantlay. Yeah, Mark knows that one too. And then finally, I guess this will we'll do this one here. The Sony uh, Open. Sony Open, Kyle. This is these. Uh, Hayden Hayden Buckley. There you go. Put, yeah. Good job. So four. Wins. I almost I almost whiffed that one. Four wins, Gregors. <laughs> yeah, four wins, um, which is very impressive, especially when you add a players' championship in there. So um, it, he's when he won as early as he did, and one of them was the players, and it was back to back years. I mean, that was what sixteen and seventeen. He, yeah. The Wyndham and the and the players. That's a that's a long time ago, and um, it was kind of a, a performance. We're we're wondering, well, wow, who who is Siwoo Kim? Because he was, I think, twenty three years old, and he 21. looked dominant. He was twenty one, uh, twenty one years old. So you're thinking this is the next star, and while he's been a really solid PGA Tour player. Um, he hasn't taken the leap you may expect from a twenty one year old players champion. But that being said, it has been a very solid career. And I think this past year, especially, he, there's been a, a big development with him. And, and I, I'm really looking forward to see what happens with the broomstick putter. Um, he's been a very volatile putter on the greens. And right before he went to that switch, it was three straight events. He lost at least six strokes putting. And one of them, he lost 12, the last one. And then he goes out and has a great uh, a great President's Cup. Uh, um, and, and since then, it's been much better. Uh, so I, I'm very excited to see where it goes with the uh, with with this broomstick putter for his future. But yeah, four wins on the PGA Tour, including the players, is a, a that's a a big deal. It's a it's a really nice career, especially at the age of 27. I I, I do think it it has been a good career for him, <clears throat> and he's been in Presidents Cups and uh, he's. He makes some interesting decisions. I mean, remember that? I think it was two years ago. He played. He uh, putted the bite nine at Augusta with his three wood because he broke his putter. Uh, he seems to get yeah. memed more than he should. Uh, <laughs> but he, <clears throat> I, th- I think it's weird, Greg, because he 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 wins the players at twenty one and historically, you you look at guys that win a tournament that big at that age. And you would say, okay, this guy's career is going to be really like massive, like big boy, big time career. And I just looked it up. That was 
he only had one other top 10 that entire season. Like it, it, it was just, it was almost this weird outlier of an event that um, didn't, it, it kind of, I think made us think that his career was going to be a lot better than it was. And he's had a good career, but it, it's not the career that you think of when you think of winning the players championship at age 21. Right. And you do get some of those kind of strange players championship victories where, yep. it, you know, it doesn't lead to much. It, it There's some definite volatility there. But when you're 21 years old and do it, that's the element that really leads to the expectation. Now, if a 31 yes. year old does it, you don't really you know, well, this is the players and it's a great win uh, and maybe career defining, but it, it's different when you're 21. Yeah, I agree. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Siwoo Kim, fourth career PGA Tour victory. He wins the 2023 Sony Open. Hayden Buckley, though, Mark, was your overnight leader. Uh, stepped on 18T with a chance to make birdie and send this to a playoff, but there was a lot that happened before that. Uh, Hay- uh, Hayden did not take advantage of number nine. That's a par five. He missed a couple of shorter putts. Uh, obviously doesn't take advantage of 18. He makes par there. So how would you assess... Hayden Buckley's kind of first crack at uh, getting himself in the fire. Look, color me impressed because more often than not, you see a guy in the final group who's never really been there before and they disappear and they're not even in the show with a chance to win. And and I said to you guys prior to us kicking this thing off that I've never seen him play. I've you know seen him hitting the range a little bit and I know you have been hot on him for a while, Rick. Uh, I was how impressed at how he almost played like he didn't really care. You know, he, he'd get up on the tee, just hit it hard and find it again. And everybody hit, rolled at the hole with, with aggression. And, and if you're in there and you're a little doubtful, you tend to kind of ease putts up to the hole. And when you make swings off the tee, and especially with irons, you, you, you're always a little doubtful. And, and you're picking sometimes a longer club. But he went after some flags. He, he hit some quality shots coming in. And he made some really good putts on the back nine, apart from that the, the one missed the three putt, I think it was. Um, so... Man, I, I think there's a whole lot for him to build on because, as I said, I've seen it all too often where there's been someone who's a little green in the final group with a chance to win, and then they're not even in the television show with like, you know, two hours to go. So uh, I'm impressed. Kudos to him. I know he would have liked to have made that putt in the last, last to get a chance, maybe even the one on 16. But um, look, I, I, I'm with you guys now. I'm going to pay attention because he looks like he's up for it. The statistical putting profile for Sunday KP was, was pretty wild. We were kind of talking about this a little bit before we went hot. He lost the half a stroke putting on Sunday. Now there were four different holes. He lost at least a half a stroke. So he lost at least a half a stroke four different times and he loses a half a stroke in total. So he did make some meaningful putts. I think he had one that was 26 feet or something like that. And he made an 11 footer. So there were some good rolls out there, but probably a couple of uh, strokes with the flat stick that he wished he had back. Yeah, it seemed like I didn't see his entire round, but I did see the kind of back half of it. And it seemed like he was just not playing with. And I think this was true on his with his with his putter with short game. Also, not playing with the same amount of freedom or the same level of freedom, I guess, that he did in the first three days. Is that I mean, would you characterize it like that? I would characterize it as that because also. 
um, in the moment as I was very deep watching everything, I mean, he freed up after each one of the bogeys that he made because yeah. he, it's it's now like a different mindset, right? It's no longer can you play defense. You've got to go make one. So he made two bogeys on the back and bounced back on both of them with birdies on the following hole. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he, he had, man, he missed a four footer on, what was that? 16 or 17? 15. 15. And he missed another one that was not that much farther than that. So it's a couple of putts that, I mean, you said he lost half a stroke on four holes. Those had to be two of them that I saw right there kind of toward the end. And, you know, you make two of those four, you win the tournament, which is it's tough. It, it actually reminded me, I, I, Spieth had some uh, commentary last week when Morikawa was kind of melting down, um, talking about just closing out a tournament and how different it is and what it feels like and all those things. This is not, the Sony is not a monumental event, uh, but for somebody like Hayden Buckley, it's, it's, a life-changing event. It's really meaningful. Right. And so he had to be and I haven't seen his, I haven't, I didn't see him talk or I haven't seen his transcript. He had to be feeling just some really weird stuff coming home. And I think we sometimes, we sometimes discount just what that's like, especially for somebody like a Buckley who hasn't won on the tour on the PGA tour before. Um, and hasn't been around for an incredibly long time. So I, I think that definitely it has to play in on, on a Sunday like that. Here's a really good lesson in strokes gain. So that three and a half footer that he had on 15, that gets made 98% of the time. The average is 1.06 from there. So you miss that, you lose 0.94 strokes, nearly a full stroke to the field. The five and a half footer on 11, uh, he lost 0.76, so three quarters of a shot there. Greg, we talked about this uh, last night. We were trying. We were trying to think of the guys that, like, hey, you get into the heat for the first time and you pull it off. It's very hard to do. It doesn't happen often. Hayden Buckley's having a great start to his year. He's going to be 14th in the FedEx Cup standings on on Monday in a year where only 70 are. You know that that's the big number. So this is a a very very good start to his year despite um, a runner up finish here. Yes, and there's a lot to take away from this. I mean, it, there was an element like like Kyle said, where he's feeling some of that pressure, maybe not quite as free pressure, uh, right? It, it was it was the um the, you know the worst uh, statistically, it was his worst day in every category, uh, and that's definitely a sign that you're feeling it a little bit. So you have it's his worst day in every category. He misses four putts inside of eight feet. Um, Seven feet, 10 inches on eight, six feet, one inch on nine, five foot three on 11, uh, three, seven on 15. Those obviously cost you. But considering those misses, considering a less than his best driving performance, less than his best approach play performance, less than his best putting performance, um, he, he hung in there and he got to the 18th hole with a chance to force a playoff. You could argue a chance to make Eagle and win. Um, so I, I think despite all of that, he felt the heat the whole way. And you often see guys when they're uncomfortable, like Mark said, they, they're ejecting really early. And then it just becomes a frustrating day. And they lose all those holes of the, the pressure. Um, they, pressure. They lose all that opportunity. And he didn't. So he got to play 18 holes today under the the fiercest of heat right and and like you said kyle regardless of what you think of this event it's huge it's everything for hayden buckley at that point so there's there's going to be a lot for him to take away and he seems like the type of guy who uh, will use that in a positive way i I don't think this is going to hurt him i I think it's actually really going to help him you guys make some really good points. Uh, just, I guess, to put you know another spin on the thing is, you know, if a putt's missed under pressure, to me, I, I look kind of how it's missed. And, and even the short putt that he missed, it wasn't like a wishy-washy sort of an effort. I mean, the thing got speed behind it. And when he was missing mid-range putts, the ball still had a chance to go down, all of the ones I saw. And then as far as the golf swing went, look, it's idiosyncratic. It's his. But there was never any hold back. The guy would wind it up and just unload. And, and that to me is impressive too. And and when you're playing with a lead, 
you know, I've seen plenty of occasions where a leader will come out and have a quick start, you know, a couple under through five or six or whatever, and, and it's like everything's going well. But you always know there's going to be that leveling up thing. It's kind of like the NBA. You know, when I watch an NBA game, there's always going to be a run you can expect it. And there'll be a big lead and someone's likely to come back. You can almost bet your money on the thing. And it's very, it's not very often that you'll see someone just canter to a victory on the PGA Tour. I don't care who they are, because there's always going to be this leveling off time. Because if you get out to the fast start, then you sort of drop the anchor for a bit. And if you don't, then you play a bit more aggressively. And I thought, under the circumstances, first time there, uh, ostensibly, I thought he dealt with it very, very well. And and it's somewhat unfortunate he isn't walking away there with a the hard with the hardware. Leaderboard gravity seems to happen every single week on the PGA Tour. I was looking through some for some notables here, boys. I mean, rounds of the day, Siwoo had one of them. That 64 was was the round of the day. Bryce Garnett moved from 51st to 21st. Chad Ramey from 74th to 54th. I'm scanning down the top of the leaderboard to see if there's anything of note. Mab McNeely cashes another top 10. I mean, anything we want to talk about before we recap our best bets and one and dones here? Well... I'm, I I kind of want to get your opinion on this, Rick. I, I said this on Twitter during the round, and I th- or during the final round, and I think that you know the the contrast between this the way this week finished and last week finished, just the quality of players that were involved, mm-hmm. to me is emblematic of what the elevated versus non elevated sort of uh, count or schedule is going to look like. Do you agree? Disagree? Yeah, so I think your tweet said what? John Rahm versus Colin Morikawa uh, or Siwoo Kim versus Hayden Buckley, right? That's and the, David Lipsky, yeah. And, and yeah. David Lipsky, yeah. So for sure, right? And and um, next week's actually going to get a pretty good field even though it's not a, an elevated event. But I think over time, you're going to see a lot more stuff like this. Guys going for their first PGA Tour win in elevated events. And when you get to an elevated event, it's going to be – which one of these studs can beat the other studs, um, which in general I'm fine with. I just think if you start present, if you present both as the same, you're going to have a problem. And I think that's for the PGA tour. And I think that's for broadcasting partners. I think that if you try to treat both of them the same, I think it's, it's, it wins no one over because my dad doesn't care or know who Siwoo Kim, Hayden Buckley are, but there are a lot of people who are very interested in the outcome of the Sony Open. But when you go to John Rahm versus Colin Morikawa or something, whatever the finishing final couple groups are going to be at at Riviera, that's going to feel a lot different than the final couple groups at Wiley, and it should. Um, But Rick, just out of curiosity, what do you do differently in an event like this, like are you told, are you saying you got to tone down the broadcast? Because you know, I, I watch this event, and I am very familiar with all these guys, and I know that it's just my own opinion. But I know there's a whole community of guys out there who love Hayden Buckley because they play DFS, or you know, they're big Chris Kirk fans. Or I mean, this is a like this this tournament was a fantasy golfer's dream. Absolutely. Okay. Right. So, okay. Real quick, Greg. I I think that there's an opportunity to lean into that. Uh, I right. Think, I think they should absolutely. And so, and so like <clears throat> you, you you um you have your 13 elevated that are people. They're going to be awesome, right? They're going to be f- just fantastic with all the stars, great courses, great venues, great events. And so you, you can, you can, you can market those to like the masses, almost like your, not your majors, but like your, I mean, that's your like crown jewel schedule and this stuff, the Sony, the American express. Cause I think over time you're going to get, I'm, I've actually been surprised at how many top guys have committed to uh, like the American Express and the the uh, Tory and, and places like that being non-elevated. I think that's going to decrease over time. I think fewer top guys are going to play in the lesser tournaments uh, because I think they're going to push the tour on like, yo, we don't want to play 20 times a year. So we'll just we're just going to do the elevated events and the tour is going to be like, okay, what, whatever you want. And... Uh, 
I think leaning into just the nerdiness of the Sony and the Amex and the fantasy side and the gambling side is uh, is great. Would be great. I, I think the tour gets gets itself into trouble. <clears throat> Two things: the FedEx Cup points. I've talked about this a bunch. You you got to you got to fix all that, separate that. That you can't be doing the same amount of points for the Sony as the Tournament of Champions. But then the second thing, they try to bring, they try to market them all as the same. It's like, yo, the Sony and the Tournament of Champions are not the same thing. The, so, the, the, the Tournament of Champions is for everybody. The Sony is for people like us that care about who, what Austin Eckroat's career looks like, right? And I think pushing that side of it will really benefit the tour and leaning into that dichotomy of having two different tours, you have a you have a quadruple A now. Like that's the non-elevated events. And that's fine. Like, but but we need to acknowledge it for what it is. Uh this could very easily be accomplished, at least from the fantasy and, and gaming side of things, with dog whistles, right? I mean, this is you do not have to say Hayden Buckley was 90 to 1 and Siwoo Kim was whatever he was 50. You don't have to say that. And you shouldn't. Uh, right. But instead of taking up who's been married this off season or whatever. So-and-so <laughs> back at the club texts a photo in um, like Maverick McNeely and Corey Connors was a very, very popular matchup this week. And those were two very popular. Give us an update on Maverick McNeely and Corey Connors. They finished one shot ahead uh, apart from each other. They're both higher end golfers than, than your elite. Uh, there are a lot of ways that you can service with a dog whistle. Uh, me and my dad has no idea. And give me the, give me the path for Austin Ekro to get into the American express and to get into Tory Pines and what somebody like for somebody like him, or he's probably already in those because he was, didn't he get his card last year? The, yeah. Yeah. I think he's in from the corner fair. Yeah. Okay. So just what is, what could his year look like? How, like what's his trajectory, you know, stuff like that, I think is I'm as a sicko and the other sickos that are like watching this or participating in it. Like, that's what I want to know about, you know? So I don't know. You, you know what you guys make really compelling points and I hear you, but a couple, Couple things. First off, I, I I love that image that NBC showed of Hayden Buckley's dad with that rubber band around his wrist that said like point zero zero six, and that's the percentage of golfers who make it to the PGA Tour. And then I think Dan Hicks built on that and said, "Well, think of that number for just guys who've won on the PGA Tour." So that sort of put into context how good all of these guys are. Now you have the the, the elites of them, but I thought that was pretty cool. But from the mechanics of the show. Like, yeah, I'd love to know about Austin Eckroad a little bit more. But it, with three hours and a commercial load to get in, and you got to show the leader and the folks who are making this a story, but then to cut away and show this real fast, you're going to see nothing but recorded shots. And so then someone's going to start complaining. It's like, well, we never saw how the lie of the golf ball was because, remember, they'll just be trying to stuff this thing into little windows. So in as much as what, what you say is – absolutely on point I, i'm with you i'm i i've got the headset on during the the network show on the weekend i couldn't see how you could get any more than have like uh, maybe we normally on cbs have about oh, eight to ten golfers we show and then if someone makes a run then everyone's scrambling to get a cameras to the guy and you see him for the last three holes of the day it's like what happened with John Rahm at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. It was a nothing story, really, and it was Rory and it was Bryson and everyone else. And and all of a sudden, Rahm birdie something and then birdie 17 and then there's cameras all over him. That's kind of how it goes. So so what you what you guys say is right, but I think this is a really cool place for if you're really into this, for the tour when with all the streaming channels they have, and it's coming. Let's do it. The gambling channel is coming. I'm in conversation. This is that, that's the real answer. That's the real answer. It's not happening in the network. It's just not going to happen. I hate to say it. the two items. I I don't mind the double box. Use the double box. Go to a quad box. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Throw it up there. Let's let's see what happens. The other thing is, um, I forget. While you, you while you're thinking, I want to say this from an announcer. Can we give Kurt 
can we give Kurt Byram some love? I, I thought that yeah, yeah, yeah. did a tremendous job in his first couple of goes with NBC, and I look so forward to him sitting into that 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 tower role because he is so good at what he does. Yeah, I agree. He did great job. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. I, I, and, and honestly, with all of this, I think that I am part of the problem here and that we, we try to cover, and, and I think Mark was getting at this, we try to cover all of these events the same and they're different events. They always have been, but now they're like officially different events. Bay Hill is a different event than Sony, like just categorically. It's like w- w- the way we should cover Bay Hill is like, okay, play the hits, give me Spieth, give me Scheffler, give me Rory, give me Morikawa, whatever. And with Sony, it's like, oh yeah, give me as much of the like uh, minutia as possible. Show me like Austin Eckroth's strokes gained on the Corn Ferry last year. Like hell yeah, give me more of that, right? And I think that that would really f- play into like. It's just it is to me, it's two different audiences. And I, I'm I and and yet I'm part of the problem in that I'm covering I'm still covering them all kind of the same. And so I, I'm I'm interested to see how that evolves over the next two, three, four years of elevated versus non-elevated. The two audience thing is very difficult for golf. I I think that's actually the hardest thing about broadcasting or covering golf is that there are two distinct audiences. My other idea was Callaway just buys the final hour every single every single Sunday, like they did last week. Well, I thought your idea of, of having DraftKings or, or I probably shouldn't say DraftKings on here, of having whoever sponsor the, uh, the like parts of these, of the broadcast, somebody, I, I can't remember who got on there and said, they should just throw up QR codes where you could just pour money into your account and start yeah, betting on that. I think that. it was Josh Colt. <laughs> that, that's a great idea. Like there's some opportunity. I, I'm not in that sort of like gambling world, but I think there's some real opportunities to kind of lean into the, um, just uh, not absurdity, but minutia again of like some of these lower level events. Let's figure, speaking of betting, let's figure out our bets. We've got to go through our boards and also, ooh, oh boy, the one and done was pretty ugly, but we'll give an update on that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And we're back. All right, Greg, let's get your opinion on our bets for the week because you were not here on Tuesday. Yeah, they weren't tough. They weren't great. So all the outrights were losers. Davis, Spawn, Mitchell, Tom Kim, JT Poston, Adam Svensson. The finishing positions, mostly losers. Keith Mitchell, top 20. Russell Knox, top 20. Hayden Buckley, top 20. Did cash for me, plus 280. I got a push out of Montgomery. And Corey Connors. Corey Connors played much better on the weekend. And I know that that one was near and dear to your heart as well, Greg. You should have had that one. My goodness. Uh, Disappointing little finish for Taylor Montgomery there. Only two under on the weekend after a great start. Um, So that's a, I like that play. Um, A disappointing push. And then Buckley again. I mean, didn't you do this with Hoagie last week too? A top 20 and he comes in third top 20 with Buckley this week comes in second. Uh, you're leaving a lot on the table, but again, I, I, this early in the season, guys have had a little bit of time away. Um, I, I get the, 
you know, proceeding with a little bit of caution. Uh, so I look, I, I like both those plays. Yeah, I'm I'm dialed on my top twenties. Uh, KP, Tom Kim was on your betting card. Um, level of concern. I can pull up the numbers. Level of concern for Tom Kim's missed cut this week. Well, I I mean, you know me, I, I don't get super concerned over singular weeks. I do think we are. And I think I said this last week, we're broadly just overrating Tom Kim. Like he's not a, he's not a top 10 type player in the world. Now that can change. He can become a better player, uh, but that's just not who he is. And I think we're sort of thinking about him like that right now. I I don't regret. I, I actually thought this course set up really well for him and his short, I mean, we talked about this on Thursday, Rick, his short game was atrocious. Like he was so bad on Thursday, but he lost like five strokes putting and just did not, uh, capitalize on hitting it pretty decently. So I don't have any like, uh, micro concern based on this week. I do have macro concern based on the overrating of Tom Kim, uh, compared to what his, sort of profile says that he is statistically mark tom kim on thursday and friday was the 11th best ball striker in the field and as kyle mentioned he lost like six and a half strokes putting so um might be safe to say he's not going to lose six and a half strokes putting moving forward no uh, and the thing about this week always is the greens tend on the grainy side now i know when you go to champions bermuda that you're going to have some modicum of grain but but on certain places they can just mow that stuff out there but with wildlife which is a member's place and it sees a lot of golf and the climate on that side of the island is pretty dry if you go to the north shore and that sort of stuff you get a little bit more sort of wet and and moist areas where on the south side of that island it is quite dry and so i think the the superintendent might have a little bit of a tough time really shaving the greens and sculpting them some for one week when he's got you know so many more weeks where members are around. So there's always some of that that's brought to bear. I thought the greens did roll well, but if you're not reading them right, uh, you're going to have yourself a tough time from five and six feet. And like we were saying on when I was last on the show, you miss one or two of those. And then all of a sudden that hole just starts shrinking commensurately. And the thing looks the size of a thimble eventually. So I, I'm prepared to just give this one a little bit of a swerve in terms of grading it, because more often than not, you see guys who don't really understand these greens first timers or whatever come in here have a tough time they've got no problem hitting the targets but just they're not converting and then you know you kind of know that you've got to shoot 66 or 5 or better every week to contend and if you start missing putts those goal posts get a little farther away and then you start pressing and all of a sudden you miss a few short putts for par and the next thing you've shot 72 or something silly so uh, no I'm not concerned about Tom Kim whatsoever he's in the field next week so we'll see Tom Kim at the American Express uh, in Palm Springs. One and done update. Troy, do we have this graphic available somewhere? There it is. Okay. KP, you, me, and the fans. Big thumbs down. Losers. Tom Kim, $0. But you still have $2.7 million. I don't regret it. I, I'm not going to use him. It, it, I mean, he's going to play an elevated schedule and I'm not going to use him anywhere else. So I'm, I'm fine with it. it. It, the outcome sucks, but the process was good. Kyle M used another Tom that's hokey. Got $28,045 for a T 41 that moves his total to 257,000 just ahead of the fans. I'm third from last 265,000. See had Corey Connors got a good weekend from CoreCon, moved him up into the top 15. That earned him 138,000. Moved C at a 338,903, which is Greg is the exact Is that right? You have the exact same amount of money as Sia. Oh yeah, cuz you guys both had we Xander had and then you both well we we ended up giving you 200,000 bucks for that. I don't know if you know. Oh, oh. I was And then okay, great. Yeah. And then we So middle ground an olive right. branch. Yeah. It was Very, a, compromise. Yes. a compromise. Much appreciated. And then he got okay, so then Taylor Montgomery got T12 this week. So you're at 338,000 right in the middle of the pack with Montgomery. Yeah, 338 would be it would be nice if that was a T12 this week. Right. Um 
but you know, maybe in a couple of weeks, but Hey, it gets us back in kind of the position where a, a win gets us in the mix. You know, I'm thinking about this earlier this week and with the designated events, you rattle off a couple of those wins like these two guys have yeah. already. And all of a sudden you could be, you could be done in an instant. Well, the, the one, the one that we won was the, was the uh, lowest amount of money too. Right. Right. And you just, you look at this board, you got 2.7 million in second and third place is not even seven. You're more than 200, you're more than 2 million behind, um, which is, it's extreme. So those designated events have become extremely important, which we knew was going to happen. But now that we're in the heat of it, it's, uh, those are going to be a little more stressful when you make that selection on hopefully Tuesday before five o'clock. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, Patrick went a little bit off the board. JJ Spawn, who got off to a great start, 66, yeah. 64, 71, 67 on the weekend. That's another T12. So again, that is 138,903. Lots of guys tied for 12th. Uh, that moves Patrick to 379,903. As Greg mentioned, nearly... No, full 200 million plus or 2 million plus away from Kyle, 2.7 million flat. And Mark, you got just a hair more. You broke the tie from Kyle, 41,387 from Russell Hammond. Yeah, it's to, to me, this stretch of golf, um, not Maui in as much as what Wileye and then certainly Torrey Pines, um, Pebble Beach to a certain extent, Phoenix not so much, and then Riviera are just tough to, to pick. Because of the greens, because you get Poania that gets a little bouncy, certainly at uh, Riviera late in the afternoon and definitely at Pebble because it's so moist. And this week, you never really know. So a lot of this is, you know, educated guessing to me. So I was pretty set on Russell Henley this week. I, I've, had, I've had um Siwoo Kim penciled in for next week. So, um, you know, I, I think a lot of this to Rick's point, uh, to Greg's point is to sort of get through here with unlimited damage and hopefully hit it big with one of the, uh, one of the elevated events. Next week. Palm Springs, the American Express. There are, count them, five of the top seven players in the world teeing it up. That's shocking to me. It is kind of shocking. Uh, you know what? In the past, you, they've had some names. I mean, Candley would show up there. Phil w- would be there. Obviously, he's not going to be there this year. Um, but they, they've had some names in the past. But it, it, it sort of hurts for a field. But you have the usual suspects there. And, and the only thing about this event, you know, back in the glory days, it was fun because you've got all the glitterati showing up there. But with three different golf courses, it just makes it so difficult to pick. I mean, because it, it's kind of when you draw the stadium course and if what the wind's doing or what the temperature's doing. And then uh, if you get to La Quinta on a nice day, you can absolutely shred that place. So it, it's a fun event, but I, I'm, I'm happy to see that there's a bunch of big players playing. You also have um, a, a nice time in the schedule where after this week you have what goes American Express, Pebble, Tory. Uh, and and you have three in a row that are non non elevated or non designated. So it does give you an opportunity here to sharpen the saw, if you will, heading into the waste management, which is the next one these guys want to get their hands on. So I do think you're going to see a smattering over the next couple of weeks of some of these big name guys trying to get ready for a pretty heavy swing of designated events. You've just reminded me, Greg. Um, last year in the playoff at the at Phoenix at the waste management um, event, uh, it's the playoff there. Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Candley, and I've got Candley because I had him for the day. And Dottie is on Scheffler out there, and we're walking up the fairway. And uh, Matt Minister, who's Patrick Candley's caddy, goes, "How about this place? I mean, it's crazy, isn't it?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, and he goes, "Yeah, I don't think Patrick uh, Patrick enjoys it that much. You know, he likes things sort of quiet and stuff." And he goes, I'm not sure he's going to play here again. So I'm like, I bet you dinner he comes back next year. Because <laughs> if he wins, he's, he's got to defend, right? So now with it being elevated, he's kind of expected to come back. So uh, I'm going to be lining up Rev for dinner when I find him over there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The top five that I alluded to, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlake, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley back in action, apparently had hmm. some uh, tests done on the back. He's ready to go. <laughs> Will Zalatoris, that does not even include Sung J.M., 
doesn't include Tom Kim, who we talked about, doesn't include Sam Burns, doesn't include Aaron Watt. Can I put Aaron Watt in that category yet? No, no. Okay. I tried. Cam I tried. Young. You could put Cam Young in that category. Doesn't have a win yet. Cam Young's playing, right? Cam Young, both Cam Young and Carson Young. So don't be confused when you see C Young on the leaderboard. Make sure you click it and get the right guy. One of them's got to be C. You can't even do that. C-A-M. And C-A-R. They're going to put Cam Young's full name up there. They can put MLB Young. Yeah. Jeez, I'll tell you what. Well, you tell you what's hard is being in broadcast, and then you've got Cam Davis, Cam Young, and Cameron Smith in the same field. My Cam Champ. Uh, yeah, I find myself concentrating in the biggest way to not call Cam someone Percy. Percy. It's my mistake. I know it's terrible. There are four Kims in the field next week. Do you want to try to name them? S H. Tom Kim. Siwoo. And the hard one. Greg will get it. No, I don't know. I mean, I could scroll through and cheat. Get it, Greg. You know. I I don't think I know. It's Michael Kim. Oh. Owner uh, of the John Deere back in the day. I definitely should have had that. It, you were speaking. You were trying to give me a signal. I just whiffed. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Stanley also in the field, Greg, just in case you were wondering. I know. Boy. That's the boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, next week, Monday DFS, Tuesday Mega Preview Pod, Sunday Recap Episode. That is the cadence for next week. We've got some fun and interesting stuff happening. Kyle, can we say what what travel schedules look like? Uh, yeah, you're going to the PGA show. Wait, this is not this is Tory Week. Yeah, it's Tory Week, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in the next couple of weeks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can say this. Yeah. Okay. You're going to the PGA show. We're we're both going to Phoenix. Is anybody else going to be in Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, me. Let's okay. get together. Mark will be there. Greg, Mark's come on in, bud. No, I'll be there in spirit. Maybe we can set up a Zoom. Have you guys looked at flight ticket costs to Phoenix with the Super Bowl there? It is ridiculous. It's expensive. Expensive, Mark. Oh, good. Well, I mean, I don't. Th- thankfully, don't pay for mine. CBS Viacom's <laughs> got a lot of money. They'll be fine. Uh, so we got yeah, some good I, stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. I'm, Phoenix is going to be. I mean, it's always crazy, and it's going to be nuts. I'm excited. I can't, I can't wait. All right. That'll do it. Producer Troy does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available at the real GFD. Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Yes, Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.